Hey, my name is J.D. Larson, one of the pastors at North City Church. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. I hope this inspires and equips you to love God more deeply and to love your neighbor as yourself. At North City, our mission is to love our neighbors in the way of Jesus, and we hope this message emboldens you to do just that in whatever space God has sent you to. Be sure to subscribe and keep in touch with the conversations North City is having. And if you want to find out more about our community, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram or online at NorthCityChurchMPLS.com. Enjoy the message. What's up, everybody? Pastor JD here. Welcome to another episode of North City's podcast. Uh, I want to just give you a little heads up for what... This week's episode is all about this past Sunday, instead of having your traditional sermon, which we would just normally post, we as a community went through a process called dwelling in the word, which we do so every so often. It's really important to our community to be shaped by scripture. So it's sort of a discussion based way of engaging with scripture. And what we did this time around is uh, I uh, took some time to preface that time with some thoughts uh, that were going on in my own heart for uh, North City. So that's what you're about to hear. We'll jump into the audio for this week's podcast, which is me just setting up the dwelling in the word process. What I'd encourage you to do is follow along with us. If you weren't able to participate on Sunday in the dwelling in the word, take the scripture out as you're listening uh, and ask yourself the same three questions we ask ourselves. And that is what stands out to you? Uh, What questions do you have? And what might God be saying to you or to North City about this particular text? And we'd love to hear your answers to those questions. So if you want to participate in some way in this, feel free to direct message us on our social platforms or email hello at North City Church MPLS as a way of engaging in a conversation or engaging in reflection. We'd love to hear your uh, reflections on this text if if God said anything to you through the midst of it. So without further ado, let's jump into uh, my comments before we read the text together on Sunday. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are our leader, you are our guide, you are the savior of this world who has reconciled all things to himself and given us the capacity, God, to grow, transform, and change And God, you've called us, you've given us a high calling, God, to be this beloved community that is an example of the reality that you want to be true in this world. So God, as we look at these ancient words that you spoke to the earliest of your communities, God, would you shape our community into the community you desire it to be, a community that's loving, that has uh, the courage to step into these hard times in our city, to learn, to be humble, but to act as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm going to just set us up for this process of dwelling in the Word. And the passage we want to look at today, again, is 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14 through 21. And this is a passage uh, in Paul's second letter to this group of churches in and around Corinth, an ancient city. And we've already explored some of the things that this church in Corinth was experiencing. And... uh, I would love, the Bible nerd in me would love to give you this extensive extensive contextual introduction to the book, but we just don't have time for that today. So I've put a link in this description of this video of a video that does an 
infinitely better job than I could introing this book. I'd highly recommend that you check that out. But one thing I do want to point out that's particularly prudent for one of the things I think this passage has to teach us about this morning, and uh, one of the things that's particularly prudent for our context, is that one of the primary things Paul was speaking into was this tension that was between the Greek and Roman people who are a part of this church and the Jewish people who are a part of this church. In other words, this church was experiencing some serious tension along ethnic, what we might say today, racial and economic lines. Sound familiar to anyone? And so it's important for us to know that these words that we're reading, part of what Paul is speaking into is some of the same things, some of the same pieces of brokenness and struggles that we are uh, experiencing today and have always experienced and are still seeking God for reconciliation and justice for. And so when we read these words today, I think it's important for us to pay attention to what Paul is trying to say into this community in that regard. And another thing he's doing is he's personally experiencing tension in his relationship with his church, partially because of his rebuke of them in the first book, but also because they've sort of in some ways discredited him as their leader and forsaken him uh, for leadership of, uh, let's just say, preachers who are a little more flashy, uh, a little more uh, uh, have the outward appearance of success of the world around them. We learn about that, about them following other people and laughing at Paul even because he's not well-spoken, uh, because he's poor for all of these reasons. So it's, it's kind of in the midst of relational tension, uh, societal tension that Paul speaks this letter into and urges these people with this message that he has to say. So let's read it. As I read it, I want you to hold these questions in your mind. These will be the questions that guide our conversation uh, in just a few minutes. They are, what sticks out to you? It's important to ask these questions to listen to the Holy Spirit. What sticks out to you? We believe that the Holy Spirit can draw your attention to some part of this text. Another question we ask is, what questions does this text raise for you? It's important to pay attention where uh, you wonder where your attention goes and, and, and what questions come up for you. We're not scared of questions at North City, so we want to pay attention to those. The last question, probably the most important one that we strive to discuss, is what is God saying to you? Uh, you individually? And it's kind of a two-part question. What is God saying to our community? Because part of this practice is being shaped by scripture, we believe the Holy Spirit can speak to us in this time. So let's read this. This section is called the Ministry of Reconciliation. I want to jump in in, chap- uh, or in verse 14 of chapter 5. And let's read it together and consider those questions. Paul says to this church um, that's experiencing tension, For Christ's love compels us. Because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way. We do so no longer. 
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry, the service of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though he was making his appeal through us, through the church. We implore you on Christ's behalf, implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness or justice of God full, isn't it? These correspondence that Paul has uh, with the church are rich theologically. So what stands out to you? Uh, What questions do you have? And what do you think God might be saying to you and to us? I want to hone those questions in a little bit, given the conversation our world, our nation is in, and our city is in, and particularly the last questions and ask, Uh, What does it mean for you and me to respond to God or to Paul's invitation to the ministry of reconciliation and the message of reconciliation? In these last few weeks, it's been hard to be uh, away from you all, in part because there's so many important conversations that we need to have. And I've found solace in the fact that the conversations are important And we'll have to keep having them. And it's a long, long road to pursue this work of racial justice, our own work around that, and racial reconciliation. But as we look at Paul's words here, where he's clearly articulating that God himself initiates reconciliation, that the good news of Jesus is about how he's reconciled the world to himself. And the good news of the gospel is that he's reconciled us to himself, made every, everything or made it possible for us to completely be reconciled to God. And in Paul's mind, this sets us off on the mission and the message of reconciliation. You see, Paul very specifically saw himself as carrying out this mission, this reality, this truth that Jesus accomplished, this this fulfillment of this expectation of God coming to fulfill his promise long ago, his promise to Abraham, where he said, Abraham, you will be a blessing to the nations. God has always been a God of all nations, all people, all ethnicities, all races. And Paul very much sees his role as proclaiming the good news that Jesus has accomplished all that's necessary for us to pursue reconciliation with each other. No, part of this work of pursuing racial reconciliation has been a work that has become a passion of mine in recent years. And one of the pieces of sadness, one of the pieces of confession that I honestly had to walk through uh, these past few weeks is that uh, it had been easy for me to forget about that or sideline that passion. And I think that's part part of the thing that I'm waking up to 
as a part of being a white male, uh, having white privilege, is that it's a privilege um, for us to set aside the work of uh, racial reconciliation and racial justice. We have to understand that our brothers and sisters of color have to live it day in and day out as minorities. As a majority culture in this, uh, in this country, as a white person, that means that you have the privilege to not opt into these tense and hard conversations. And I know in these last few weeks, they could be tiring to you, tiring maybe because this is the air you've been breathing, you've been shouting these messages of this need uh, for racial justice for a long time, or it may be tiring because we haven't, uh, maybe as a white person, you haven't uh, stretched your muscle of doing this. You've had every intention to and desire to, but because of the way things are, you haven't had to. And I just want to say to you, I see you, both of those stories, and God sees you and loves you, and there's grace for you. And I love the words of Paul in this passage where he says, Christ's love compels us. In these tough conversations that we'll be having, uh, that we have been having and that our world is having right now, there's so many things that can motivate us. So, so much tribalism, so much fear that can motivate our conversations and posture towards other people. And to be a Christian is to be a reconciler, which means what Paul says there, to let Christ's love, his work of re reconciliation, compel us to the ministry of reconciliation with others. That's a path that we feel called to, to take. So in terms of the question, what is God calling us to do? What is God calling North City to do? We're going to have that conversation. I hope that you'll help us answer that question. But one thing's for sure. God is calling North City to be a reconciling church, to participate at North City, to be a Christian, to live with a gospel lens means that God has called you to be a reconciler. So what does that mean? I'm going to stop sharing some of my thoughts and share some thoughts that I've learned along this journey, just a few of them, that have been helpful in helping me think through my response to that question, just a sliver of my response to that question. And they're coming from two different voices, though there's many that you can learn from in this. Some we've shared with you already. We'll continue to share voices that we encourage you to listen and learn from. But two I want to mention this morning. The first is just a definition of what reconciliation means more broadly. And that comes from Bishop Michael Curry. And you might not know that name right off the bat, but you probably... If you're into British royalty, remember his face from leading the homily of Meghan and Harry's uh, wedding. I'm not really into the British royals, but I remember his face there. It was the first time I encountered him. But as I learned more about him, he is an Episcopalian bishop in the U.S. who has done a lot of work around racial reconciliation. And this is his definition for reconciliation more broadly. So when we say we're called to be a reconciler, in a reconciling church, this is part of what that means. I think this is a great definition. He says, reconciliation is the spiritual practice. I love that. It's a practice. It's a posture. It's an ongoing thing. Yes, Christ has reconciled us to God, reconciled us to himself. But, but to be a reconciler, as Paul is really clear about, is a process, is a posture. That's why he's urging them to be reconciled to God so they can pursue the message and the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation is a spiritual practice of seeking, loving, 
liberating and life-giving relationship with God and with one another. And striving to heal and transform injustice and brokenness in ourselves and in our community. Communities, institutions, and societies or systems. I love that definition. I think that's great. I think we need to ask the question, and particularly in these times, double-click a little bit and say, okay, that's reconciliation more broadly. Anything that divides us children of God who are made in his image, we should pursue reconciliation. And that word just means uh, reconciling a relationship or bringing people back together. Paul uses that same Greek word in 1 Corinthians when he's talking about an estranged wife being reconciled to her husband. It's a relational reconciliation. And the part of relationship that our country, our city is grieving right now is the existence of the sin of racism in our, from our country's founding, from the beginning, how it has infected the way uh, we operate and live together and how this just has to change. And so what that means for us as Christians to participate in that work that God started long before our country started, to be a Christian is to be a racial reconciler. And, and what that means is to participate in the wrong things, the wrong of ways of relating with people who are made in the image of God, people who are our brothers and sisters in Christ. And there's a lot of voices that are very helpful in, in us understanding that. I'm trying to learn to help, uh, help us along that journey, but the best way that I know how is to elevate voices that have been thinking about this and talking about this for a long time that are wise guides. And one of those voices is Latasha Morrison. And she wrote a book called Be the Bridge. And it has a resource, uh, a website, a wonderful website called uh, Be a Bridge Builder, I, I believe. I'll put the links in the description of this video so that you can have access to that. She, I, I just picked out some quotes uh, that I found from her work that is just a really helpful starter in this conversation. And I just want to read them. As we reflect and start to transition to our own conversation about this, as we consider this passage, what's sticking out to us, and what it means for us to be reconcilers and a reconciling church, I just want to read her words because she's been leading the church in this way in a long time. And I want you to just dwell on them in your own way and maybe help them inform what it would look like for us to wear this gospel lens of reconciliation that Paul invites us to wear. She says this, the work of racial reconciliation requires a certain posture, like we talked about, a practice of posture. She says more specifically, if you're white, if you come from a majority culture, you need to bend low. You need to have a posture of humility. I would say those have been hard words for me to swallow even this week that my first steps need to be lament often. My first steps need to be listening and learning. And then she says this, and I think this is part of what Paul's referring to in new creation when he's talking about this ultimate reality that God wants to bring forth as he completes his work of reconciling all things to himself this is like a Revelation 21 picture of all, every tribe, nation, and tongue. She says, each ethnicity reflects the unique aspect of God's image. 
No one tribe or group of people can adequately display the fullness of God. Can we receive that? The truth is that it takes every tribe, every tongue and nation to reflect the image of God and his fullness. She also says, in the loving, in the love of the family of God, we must become color brave, color caring, color honoring, and not color blind. We have to recognize the image of God in others. We have to love despite or even because of our differences. It's very important to note that racial reconciliation is not a path to sameness, but a path to solidarity with people who are different than us. It's like Latasha uh, is saying here, to be color brave, not color blind. Forgiveness and healing, she says, cannot begin until we are aware of the historical roots of the problem and acknowledge the harm that is caused. It's not enough to just say, haven't we moved beyond that? Haven't we moved beyond these pains? It's important for us to take the time to do the hard work to understand the historical realities of what has separated us, what keeps forcing us apart, the racial uh, divides that are embedded in the fabric of the systems of our society so that we as Christians can be empowered to be reconcilers, to help to make those things right. She also says reconciliation requires truth-telling and empathy and tears. It requires changed perspectives and changed direction, also known as repentance. But ultimately, that change of direction requires righting the wrongs perpetuated. Part of the process of reconciliation isn't just saying, I'm sorry. It's us working as a community, working as the kingdom of God to uh, change the inequities, to work together with our brothers and sisters to not only listen well, but to act, to be transformed, not just in our thoughts, but in our actions as well. She concludes, Bridges, which is the theme of her book, To Be a Bridge Builder. Bridges are not built with passivity or avoidance, but with the deep, hard work of seeking to understand. I know that these past few weeks, if you've entered into these conversations, have been tense and tiring. This is deep and hard work. It takes time and patience and grace and making mistakes and saying the wrong things or not knowing what to say to do this hard work. But those options are way better than the options of avoidance and passivity. Those aren't options for North City. Those aren't options for us. To be a reconciler, to be a reconciling church is, as Paul said, to be compelled by the love of Christ every day in humility, to give up our lives, to give up our ego, to give up our comfort for the sake of our brother and sister who is hurting and hurt by us or hurt by the systems that we're a part of. So there are some thoughts to launch us into our time of discussion, and we're eager to hear what you think 
uh, of this, what God's saying to you through this passage, through these thoughts to continue this conversation of what it means for us to be reconcilers and what it means for us to be a reconciling church. So right now, go to uh, the Zoom link in uh, the description. Be sure to catch the password, which is NCC, to get in that Zoom call. Uh, you'll see my face again if you're just watching this afterwards. If you want to learn more about our community, uh, you can check out our Facebook page or uh, our website is northcitychurchmpls.com. We'd love to connect with you. We'd love to hear your thoughts about how we as a church can pursue this and how about how you're pursuing being a reconciler in your own life. Thanks for joining us. Hey, this is Pastor Christian Ann of North City Church. Thanks so much for listening to this message today. We hope you feel more empowered to love your neighbors in the way of Jesus. If you have thoughts or questions, we would love to hear from you. You can leave us a voice message on our website, northcitychurchmpls.com backslash sermons. Learn more about the North City community there as well. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. A special thanks goes out to Ben Noble for the music on this podcast. If you haven't heard Ben Noble's music yet, check it out at bennoblemusic.com. Let me send you into your day with this blessing. May God give you the eyes to see and the ears to hear all that God is doing in the world around you. And may he give you the courage to respond. Amen.